All right. So Veteran Advisory is going to start off today talking about NBA Top Shots. And we have someone really interesting joining us today. We are both two serious collectors. My Top Shot screen name is Rain Man Seattle. And would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, my Top Shot name and uh, general NFT name uh, online is Cryptokyo. Awesome. So how did you come up with uh, the, the username? What's 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 the inspirations behind it? Uh, yeah, actually, it's a evolution of a poker nickname that a friend of mine gave me many years ago. Um, he thought it was uh, funny that people had nicknames. Uh, and so he thought that uh, Tokyo Sweets sounded something kind of like Minnesota Fats. So he thought that was pretty funny. Um, so I've used um, Tokyo Suites and various things, uh, mostly gaming related or poker related. And uh, when I started getting uh, falling down the rabbit hole, uh, as most people do with NFTs and crypto, uh, I evolved it into Cryptokyo because it's a, a natural fit, obviously. That's awesome. I was like, hey, man, that's a cool name for an MFT that's just issuing. So now it's been, what, almost three years or two years since this um nft have came out but it's still in beta what are your thoughts and when do you think this is going to be done with with beta and why do they keep it at beta instead of you know a real product because they already have millions and making hundreds of millions um over you know in terms of revenue and the, the market size is quite large why is it still in beta yeah, I mean, my my perspective. I've I've done a few uh, thing, a few projects, not NFT related, but just work related projects that we slap beta onto. Um, and so, from my perspective, right, it's usually just uh, a way to say that things are still kind of in in the works, right? We're still trying to figure out kind of what works best. And I would say, you know, maybe we'll get there with season three when that starts up in uh, whenever it is in October, I assume. Um, but I think we saw for those that have been in um, um, Top Shop for you know a while at least, or since the boom, um, there have been a lot of uh, updates up until I would say the very end, as far as you know, especially things with like the collector score and all of that kind of stuff. So how did you find out about Top Shot? Yeah, <clears throat> so it's uh, I remember the the actual uh, where I was and what was going on. I was actually um, uh, it was during a, a snowstorm or. Uh, after we had a big snow here and uh, I live in the Seattle area and we had a big snow and I was out with some uh, was out with my kids while they were sledding and I was talking to some other dads and, and they were telling me this story. They brought it up because I think they knew that I would be uh, interested and they're like, can you believe that people are selling clips of basketball players and clips of other things and just, you know, online pictures for money? Uh, and I honestly didn't even need to <laughs> hear more. Uh, I'd heard NFTs uh, kind of mentioned uh, when I got when I started to get into crypto, uh, probably about a year ago. Really, really as part of the pandemic, <clears throat> and uh, so when they started talking about NFTs and, and I started to connect the dots, um, that's that's when I knew I needed to get in. So pretty much right after I heard them talk about you know these uh, clips of sports that you could own, uh, I immediately went back home and, and created an account. Then it wasn't for maybe a week or two. Uh, of course, until, you know, when packs hit, right? And the next uh, pack uh, dropped that I was able actually able to uh, to get down. So when we're looking at this MFT market, NBA Top Shops comes, uh, you know, online for NBA fans who's 
it's a huge thing because you know we all went through the bubbles and we're like oh man there's nothing else to do everything locked down but hey this is awesome timing for some of the services to come out but did you trade any type of sports card growing up that you can correlate that experience to the nft for nba top shot yeah for me it, it was really i would say kind of a perfect storm of, of interest right when i you know just kind of again got that that initial nugget of, of nfts and and you know the, the first light bulb went off um <clears throat> collected sports cards when i was little uh, you know i would say never the the, the big time collector right I, it was always just whatever i could get in the pack and you know how many lawns could i mow to to get my next uh, pack fix so collected basketball cards collected baseball cards had a little bit of magic the gathering but that wasn't that was just to actually kind of play with some of the neighborhood kids um and always kind of have been a been a collector to some degree <clears throat> uh, again mostly just for um you know the the thrill of opening a pack and seeing what you get as i said it was really never and <laughs> i think the the the, the uh, math bears it out was not really an investment uh um plan speaking, of, uh, speaking for, of which if you roll back right all the basketball baseball cards you you, you own these days taking over the what 10 20 years collection experiences did those make you any money or what are they what are you doing right now this present day with those cards you've collected childhood where are they uh well i'm actually i'm looking over here in my office uh i do have a box sitting here next to me um, <clears throat> I don't, I, I honestly don't know, or I, I looked up a little while ago, everyone's like, you know, see what was worth it. Nothing is graded. Um, I've got some friends that have actually gone down the path of, you know, going, getting, um, you know, going through the grading services with PSA or what have you. Um, but the, the ones that I think are valuable are, are sitting here next to me. Um, <clears throat> the others, I would say the common ones I actually gave to some neighborhood kids, right? That's in the, I would say the peak of the oversaturation, right? Of the moments, which I know has been a common theme even amongst Top Shot. Um, but the ones that were, you know, worth at least 25 bucks or whatever it is, something like that, I've got here in a, in a shoe box actually next to me. You know, it's funny stories. I have a Michael Jordan Skyline card. And I remember as a kid, you know, that's the first time I interact with basketball cards. A friend of mine, we came here refugees, gave me some of the cards and I was into basketball. Like, hey, this is cool. Let me hold on some of the cards. And then one, I traded with friends at school to get a Michael Jordan Skyline. I was excited. And then as an ethnic person, when I see the OJ Simpsons trial going on, I went over my friends and I said, hey, I got to trade you because I saw he have an OJ Simpson card. I'm like, hey, this guy's going to be big one day. I don't know what's going on with this trial because I can't understand, but it's kind of cool. So I traded a Michael Jordan card for that. So just to share with you, I, to, the values to a person holding on to a collectible means a lot more than the retail values. And over the years, I've tried to look up on catalogs to see whether if it's um, something's worth any money, if it's worth a few penny here and there. The hard part is to, to find a place that to buy it. Because with traditional card versus NFTs, you have bank corners, that card's pretty much garbage. Some people don't even see the values in it anymore. And it's a spill moment. The most awesome part is the stats in the back of the cards in the year. But you can't see the, the same moment as you see with this MFTs, actual video clips that, um, you, and to, to me, I think, I don't know if you can agree with this, is um, enable to see what you want to see. For instance, I want to look up a dunk of Sean Kim that I really like. I literally have to shift through a bunch of different YouTube video. Hopefully, I can find it. For instance, there's one dunk from Kendall Gill that he's flying in like Superman um and off from a fast break i could never ever find a clips anywhere on the internet because that was pre 
historic to when YouTube was available, you know. So some moments like that in the past, you can't get it back, right? But with the technology today, you don't have to shift to a bunch of searches. If you already have what you want, it's easy to pull it up and it's anywhere, everywhere with you. You can bring it. I see that. I see the values in that. However, the saturation, moving into the next subject of season two ending here. So what are your thoughts versus season one, season two? How is it in comparison? Pros and cons. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I started uh, to kind of put a date on it, right? I started uh, basically my first pack that I got, uh, and I, I didn't uh, get anything on the marketplace beforehand. Um, but the first pack I got was Seeing Stars. Um, so that was that was the first one. And it, uh, it so I was, you know, really right at the right? Uh, of the mountain and uh it went and it really where i feel like the the market got away a little bit from top shot and you know not that they can really the market is what uh you know is what it is to some degree um Them swung from hey when's pack when when packs right when are they when's the next pack gonna come to probably having too many moments um but it's it's tough right i, I understand kind of hey graham you seems like you're cutting out a little bit for some reasons i don't know why can you hear me pretty good yep you're okay Okay, so I'm just going to cover that part really quick here. To, hopefully, latency is improved here. But what I'm seeing in season two is the um, there, there are some complaints about insider trading. I'll double back to that question next. Just want to lay ground for you there. Um, but as far as saturations go, we start seeing like what? Only 10,000, 20,000 people can get a pack to where it's unlimited reservations almost. And you almost guarantee a pack, which is nice to bring in some people. But at the same time, there was some system issues prior where people can't even sign up. They can't even get in because the slots are full of capacity at the time at the time and they didn't send any notice out to the people who've been waiting in line it's ready for them to to join top shot so personally i invite a couple of friends onto the market it was exciting the volume was small the moments was up quality but then it's kind of get watered down to where some of the moment it should be on there it's not on there of how the moments are selected and then you have this boom saturations if you're looking at the playoff packs it's literally half of what the base set common is so you know some part of it is making me wonder like okay do we really need 30,000 of certain things or do we need more sets available you know what I mean is it, is it about a quantity or is it about a quality I think I think the tricky part is for season three that I'm, I'm looking forward to is I want more variety of the difference of dunks, difference of move, you know, I don't want the same thing that being repeated. Like I see the same moment on the same given day, replicate to many different sets in the season one. And season two, they're doing a little bit better with that, but still it's a lot of not so much wow moments, it's just average moments. So it's, it takes away the fun factor, like I really need to get this more like, okay, if I get it, I don't. What's your thoughts on the the volume and the rumors on insider trading. So, from a from a a set size perspective, I'll just I'll start there. I would say the 
having a, a single base moment uh, or, you know, at the 40,000 mark or whatever, you know, that they've been at for S2 uh, as those are closing, um, I guess I'm, I'm okay with, right? I mean, it's, it's obviously a lot, but I think they make sense to cater to the person that's got, you know, five, 10 bucks to spend at the end of the week and they just want to get something to add to their collection and, and build up. And so what I would like to see is probably, you know, that, that can continue as far as I'm concerned, but I would like to see other um, more specific sets throughout the year uh, or throughout the season that have a, a smaller, you know, a, a lower quantity. Um, I'm not as, you know, I'm not necessarily as concerned if the, uh, I guess what I would like to see rather than just, you know, a really big pool of, uh, of a single moment of, of Steph Curry, for example, I'd rather see them in, you know, different sets, right? Different versions of that. So you get more moments of the stars, uh, what have you, because there's, you know, then there's built in scarcity to kind of what you're talking about, right? Um, to say, Hey, I, I really like the throwdowns or I really want. Uh, you know, something about the all-star game, what have you. And to have those um, be more spread out over the uh, over the course of the season, I think is what I would like to go see for sure. Yeah, and, and again, you know, not, nothing knock on Top Shot. I know this is still beta in their language, but the way to run business drives me nuts. I'm like, in the real world, you can't have that kind of downtime, the way they be having in the mid of moment drops. Those are critical. I mean, hopefully, with all this money they have coming, they can upgrade for better and uh, more, more likely what I want to see more is the challenges these days are kind of boring it's either catered to the super serious people who throw tons of money in for the uh, rare moments which is kind of a little bit more expensive than the average persons can afford but the NBA is so wide and it's going international if anything at all that should make different level you know for the serious non-serious um, investors, you know, because this is now a, almost like not just collections anymore, but the, the question in concern is maybe this is a question you can help me to navigate is, you have all this moment from season two what is the value going to look like going to season three? I know I'm already dropped $2,000 in negative values, I know I put close to 10 grand in there and I'm already negative two and if I've learned anything from this um, moving to season three, I think I have to rethink about what I'm going to do with the common tax and what if I should buy from the market, I should not buy from the market. So what's your takeaway with that? Yeah, I guess, and, and to touch on one thing from a challenge perspective, uh, I think challenges to me are, are pretty tough and I've done plenty of them uh, since joining. Um, the, 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 the most... Um, I guess expensive ones for me was the Luca uh, metallic gold <clears throat> that hit in March, I believe, right around that time. Um, but for me, my perspective on challenges is, uh, and it, well, let's let's separate out the the quests for a moment. But the actual challenge um, is tough to do because I think the challenges made sense uh, back in the day where you could pick up multiple packs, right? Like it was in. Uh, you know, the fall or, or even into the winter time uh, with Topshop before it hit the boom, right? You had packs sitting on the shelf, uh, you know, you pick up five packs, right? That's something that I probably would have done. And sure, if you get, you know, three quarters of the way through a challenge, uh, then sure, right? Challenges can make financial sense, right? So that's one aspect of it. And then it's fun. You're like, okay, hey, let's go. Let's see if I can try for this. What can I go get? But when you have one piece of a challenge, uh, I think then, you know, kind of as you were saying, it's really reserved for the people that are just hardcore collectors 
uh, that really want to go do that and, and are, are, you know, okay absorbing <clears throat> the, um, the, the, you know, negative return on investment uh, that so far we've seen just about every single time on these challenges. Uh, where I, I think the, I think, you know, we started to see this towards the end of season two is the shift to quests, which I'm, I'm a big proponent of, right? Because that is, those are more flexible, at least so far. Um, and if you do collect, right, in terms of, of draw, you know, collecting the packs or buying packs as they pop up, even buying things that you like in the marketplace, uh, at least what I've found is for me, um, most of the time I'm, I'm right there, right. From a challenge perspective, from a quest perspective. So those have been uh, a lot, uh, better in my opinion, to be able to, you know, um, create, uh, interest in the marketplace without, uh, necessarily creating just a, a lot of speculation ahead of time necessarily, uh, in some of those moments. So I think it's able to, to balance out the marketplace a little bit, which uh, Top Shot, you know, and Rohan, Roham himself has said, like that's one of their goals, right? Is to not to see huge spikes uh, one way or the other. Well, speaking of challenge and the new um, showcase that, that, that allow you to, to do those with the quest, it's easier to achieve, like you share, diversify a little bit easier. Nice, I love those things, keep things going. Um, however, the instruction for each one of these quests when it's come out, I know I bug you a few times. Like, man, what the heck are these people asking? I even have people on Twitter remind me, hey, man, hey, this is how you really do it. You're missing one more thing to make it a complete. So I end up where I'm missing a few of those challenges by just some minor details. The languages, the way some of this stuff is written, I, I think it could be better. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, I, I do think, I mean, they're, they're testing out, and I think... Um... I don't know if you did some of the last ones, but the last ones they've had during the finals, <clears throat> excuse me, were um, they actually built their their quest or their showcase tracker, right? Which I thought was great, and it, it I think they're only going to build on that from an experience perspective and and to improve the the user experience, right? To make sure you have it. So they actually had it set up. If you noticed where you could get LeBron, you know, if it was a LeBron moment, a KD moment and uh, a Steph moment, for example, they actually had specific slots where if you went into the KD spot and you were and it, it, it checked your your collection, if you didn't have one, right, it popped up, hey, go buy something on the marketplace if you want to do this. Um, but if you had it already, right, it kind of gave you all the Durant options right there that qualified for the for the quest so i thought that was really good again i think that's you know some of the things that we're talking about right as far as why is it still in beta that was you know within the last month right that they did that so um that that was a step in the right direction because that was my biggest thing initially like the, the instructions were pretty convoluted um and i you know knowing how much people had struggled with their customer service before just from a you know sheer volume of requests that they were getting uh, I was really, really, I was really worried for them about how much they were going to get because if someone thought that they qualified but then didn't, I mean, I can only imagine the the pings yeah. that they would get from a customer support perspective. I agree with you because I reach out, I try to create a business account because some of this stuff, you know, the losses and the gain. I mean, I would love to report it. You know, if I make some income, I don't mind paying tax, but if the losses, I want to be able to write them off. But at this given point, it's you know, it's kind of like you're gonna have to keep track of your own paperwork and turn it in. Hopefully, right? Because I think crypto's currency and the tax behind it is beginning this year. So hopefully, hopefully for those who take some losses like me, I can approach my account in a year and have a conversation about it. 
TBD on that. Now, as far as, as the changes, I agree with you. Those are fascinating of how quickly they're um, changing the quest to make sure that it's easy to click. Because I remember the time I had to select the card, scroll over the right, click on the next slot, find another card. It's confusing. And it doesn't tell you which card you already used up for the showcase. So I end up where I sold one of my Draymond green cards where I have two of those. It's delisting me from the showcase quest, uh, from the quest. And I'm unable to, to get the rewards in the end. And reaching out customer service, oh my god, it was brutal. It used to take weeks and months, but lately, um, I don't know about you, but when I hit for help, they usually get back within 24, 48 hours. It sounds a little bit better and a little more respectful. I guess it depends how much money you spend. The top shot is the amount of seriousness you get from them. I don't know if that's the case, or that's just across the board. What have your experience been for this customer service from Top Shot? Uh, I haven't had too many requests. I had some, I would say maybe early on where something wasn't working as I expected. Um, but it, it, like some of my payment methods weren't, weren't, weren't working. Um, but I mean, from what I've heard, right, they went from you know, right around the time that I joined, I think they went from like one customer service person, I think is what they had. And now they've got, I believe it's 65, right? So I think that's probably what, you know, what the, the market is experiencing. Okay. Now, as far as the payments go to load money into your account, um, this is my method. I go through Coinbase and uh, they have a USDC currency, I think, that's compatible with TopShot. So if I do less than, I say, 250 bucks, there's no transaction fees. So I can direct deposit into Coinbase and then direct deposit into Dapper Labs. That being, a, that being a great experience because before I was going for my credit cards and my debit cards, oh my God, the transaction fee is like 50 bucks on a thousand dollar transfer. What's your experience like and what's your recommendations for ways to save money when you want to send some money into your account here? Yeah, I, you know, I've done kind of all the stuff that you were mentioning. I haven't actually done the the US dollar coin <clears throat> uh, option. Um, to be fair, I haven't made a big deposit into my Dapper account in, in a while. Um, so I, I usually go the crypto route uh, just to, to, to move it in. Uh, that's usually been the simplest. Yeah, same thing from Coinbase into uh uh into dapper labs has been been my go-to and my fig the way i approach it is you know whether i go in through crypto uh or through um you know some sort of credit card transaction uh, i'll play the same the, the same fee as you mentioned but I'll, I'll have to keep an eye out on the the us dollar uh coin option too 350 dollars threshold that's why i know this when i go to 500 there's a slight fee <laughs> But, yeah. you know, overall, that's that's what I'm experiencing. How about withdrawing? Have you tried to withdraw at all? I haven't withdrawn and have any success. In one case, I have to file a complaint to MasterCard and get a full refund back because it takes weeks and months and they keep giving me to run around. I have to verify my identity and all sorts of stuff. Uh, I haven't yet. Um, I know I, I was authorized a while ago. Um, but my strategy has been, and I think, you know, this even touches on something from earlier on, uh, in the conversation is is so far I've just kind of I'm, I'm holding right a lot of these moments. I mean, maybe I'm going to write it down as one of those things uh, where you know for me it's easier to hold than to try to time the market or, or anything like that. You know, other than you know explicitly when something is pumping for a challenge that I know I'm not going to keep long term or even if I want to buy it after the fact, um, I'll, I'll do that. But for the most part, I just keep it in the keep it in the platform. Uh, at some point, you know, I'll need to probably pull some stuff out. But in my opinion, right now is not the time for me to do that. 
Um, we still don't know a lot of things, right, that they've even talked about going forward. Collector score seems like it's here to stay. So that's that's a factor in my decision as to, you know, what do I pull out of my account? What do I liquidate and sell potentially? Um, there's also the trade tickets, right, which um, I think is, you know, quite interesting. But I also don't know what that means for the moments, right? So um, for me, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm okay with what I've put into Top Shot at this point. Um, and you know we'll, we'll go from there if i we, i think the the plan that i might do is if i consolidate some moments and then go for some series one or something that's more rare uh that's probably what i'll do but i'm right now not what looking about the, the common forty thousands moment limited or commons are you going to liquidate those for season two enable to recoup some funds get ready for season three or are you leaving it alone my plan right now is to leave it alone again for those two the, the two reasons that i mentioned right the collector score um right now that's my best path <clears throat> to i would say get my account back into black right um right. to be able to pick up a legendary or you know a rare pack uh that i think is actually going to be desirable from a moment perspective um yeah, and then honestly the only one you really make money is on some of those um beyond the common packs right like the playoff packs i make a little bit of money off of that but the rare packs where you make money and uh usually what i notice you have to sell is within the day off, if it's a weaker card, if it's something like, you know, a really superstar, like poor George, I get rid of him right away. I make my bucks because the next day I drop $20 and then continuously drop him. I had experience with LeBron James when I got it. It was number 64 from Seeing Star. It was like $1,200. I hold on, hang on, and I'm selling it for like $350, I think. So mm -hmm. some of these moments, it makes sense. It's improved your collector score. If you win it from a challenge, um, then it's worth it to hold on to because it gives you a little more. But overall, I think the best thing to up, uphold your collector score so far is complete the team set. A little bit more expensive. It's going to change over the seasons. But um, the number of cards doesn't reflect your collector scores as much as the complete set of teams. That's what I noticed what's boosting me up. I'm at about 7,200 now, but I was grinding to get up there. And uh, the other thing I noticed is when you, you get the cart right away, if you don't like it, get rid of it. Um, don't hang on to it. Don't hold on to it. And coming to season three, um, i definitely concerned because from what I'm seeing here, these moments, I don't know when people are going to look at it again. Unless one of the lucky strikes from one of your players become a superstars overnight like Kobe. When he drafted, nobody took him seriously. And then overnight, you know, he transformed to a superstars, right? So you might have one or two of those, but those are seldom. On the average, um, I, I'm definitely thinking about is, okay, what cards do I want to hold on and why? For instance, like the Mike McConley, the first cards comes out where the, you get his life of his opinion of why did he decide to make that play? Those are rare because there's only about two of those right now. Troy Craig has another one. So those I'll keep for a while. So it has to mean something to you to hold on to, but the rest of this card, Quite painful to list each one at the moment individually and have to customize the price tags. I would look with that way. I'm not selling because of the painful experience of liquidating these cards one by one. Yeah. So look, look yeah. So the other thing for me too, uh, in terms of my strategies to generally hold on to the stars that I that, that I like is at the end of the season I also played a lot of um, 
of the moment ranks play. I don't know if you got into that at all, but that was a lot of fun at the end of the season. So I actually picked up, uh, added quite a few moments to my collection during the playoffs uh, to be able to have fun with that. And so a lot of those moments, I would assume, still apply, right, in in season three when we get around to the next version of of that. Uh, and then, you know, there's other things that are on the horizon, too, that people talk about. There's burning, uh, you know, in addition to the, the trade ticket uh, concept that they have um, that I think we haven't even explored yet. So, you know, to some degree, I'm I'm still very bullish on top shot and dapper in general right as far as the team that they have the funding that they have their vision uh like it checks all the boxes and if anything that i've you know been paying attention to the larger you know nft space in general is that stuff can change super quickly so you know again for me i, I don't need to to try to liquidate you know a few bucks here and there um to you know to, to pay for stuff so i'm fine just kind of letting it ride and at some point, maybe it turns out. Now, maybe it won't, right? That that's obviously a very real possibility. But I think we are still super early, right? So I, you know, we, the the correlation between Top Shot is still, I would say, very close to you know card collecting from back in the day. Um, but I think as we progress, it's going to get further and further from that. I mean, we've already started to see it with some of the, uh, we'll we'll say premium um premium rewards or premium utility from these things about being able to go to the you know game five at, at the suns for the playoffs or for the finals uh being able to go to uh draft night in new york for example so i think that's just the beginning um and then you start talking about some of the you know in uh in stadium connections that they're going to do so again i it, it's for me too early uh, and my, my timing is, is such that I'm sure that if I was to liquidate everything it, it immediately, there would be some some benefit to, to not doing so. Um, so for me, you know, I'm happy to, to write it out, especially a little bit more until uh, especially season three, when I think they're going to have, you know, even a, a, a better vision, a clearer roadmap from the beginning, which uh, I think will help. So um, that's what I'm, I'm looking forward to. All I gotta remind you, my brother, is think about if you collect a bunch of Steve Francis card from yesterday, it's worth barely anything today. Or Stefan Marbury, unless unless you uh, sell it in China market, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> but well, I, yeah, are- I, I I would agree, right? From a from a pure basketball perspective, I, I would agree. Like there, no one's no one cares about your you know Evan Fournier uh, clip from from the Celtics or or wherever, right? Um, so I agree with that. So for me, it, it's the utility that I get from some some of these moments is not uh, even basketball related. I would say it's it's more closely tied to, you know, what you can do from an NFT perspective, right? Stake the moments, get dapper funds, right? Use them to to be able to build the collection that you are interested in. So again, there's there's utility for me outside of just you know I, I don't, for example, just sit through like looking through my moments and, and watching the clips, right? Um, and that's cool if you do. Um, but for me, it, it's, it's again, more of that confluence of, you know, there's the speculative aspect of these, there's just kind of the newness of NFTs, there's the supply and demand. Uh, there's just so many new things that for me, it's just kind of my ticket to entry. Um, and it's been a bit of an expensive one, but for me, that's, that's kind of where I'm, um, that, that's what, what I'm, I'm thinking is the only way the, the other part that they can make this beneficial for collectors is each one is moment, if it's air anywhere. Um, being seen on YouTube, used for a part of commercials, the collector should get a portion of dividends. I think that would be nice, right? Um, that that type of 
you know, commissions and rewardings for, for, for owning some of this because it is a, a utilities and, a, and it should be shared in the futures. That would be some nice avenue. Anyway, I'm wrapping up, moving up to the next questions here. Upcoming the season 2022 with all the NBA trades. So which are your top two teams and maybe a third that will make to the championship? Who do you think is, is the leading teams for this year? Um, I've got to put the Brooklyn Nets uh, probably at the top. I mean, I think that's not uh, a, a rocket science uh Rocket scientist prediction. Uh, I think they, you know, if, if Durant's foot was a inch or two back further, I think they would have done it probably this year, even despite their uh, injury concerns that they had. I mean, Durant has proven it, uh, you know, season in, season out, that he is a force to reckon with. And and he just signed, I think I saw it today, or is expected to sign a big extension with the Nets. Um, and so, you know, if their injury luck, which I think was pretty horrendous right there at the end during the playoffs uh was just a little bit you know better or just say on average maybe they only lost one of their big three right instead of two uh i I think it's 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 a shoe in that they would be there at least for the 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 finals um and and so then one from the western conference maybe i'll just kind of go with my my two favorites here is actually i am quite bullish on the lakers um and uh, i know there's been a lot of talk about Westbrook and you know does he fit does he not uh, and then you've add Carmelo etc um, and kind of you know what what are the Lakers really going to be able to put together here these kind of old vets at this point aside from you know a handful of folks obviously AD is still young uh, and then you know Taylor Horton Tucker is, is on the younger side obviously as well um, but for me, I think, you know, one of the things that really uh, hurt them uh, obviously were the injuries at the end. And so you're going to talk about um, managing minutes, I think, even more so this coming year. Uh, and so with the addition of Westbrook, like, sure, in crunch time, maybe he's not the best, right? The last two minutes, I know it's, it's well documented. Some of the um, the mental mistakes will say that he makes, uh, you know, this is what the pundits are talking about. And so for me, though, his his motor uh, for the rest of the, you know, uh, 46 minutes, we'll say, uh, is is incredibly high. So and that's during a regular season game in February. So the benefit there is, is that, you know, you can let LeBron take a break, know that 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 uh, Russ is going to go, you know, end to end and 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 really go 110 uh, percent uh, and win you some of those games in the middle, you know, the, the, the slow months, if you will, uh, that you wouldn't normally just because everyone's kind of tired and, and, and taking a break. And I think that's going to really help them down the road, even if he doesn't have a, you know, a superstar impact when you actually get to the playoffs. I think that's really going to have a, a, a benefit or provide a benefit for the Lakers that, you know, I think right now people are just thinking like, hey, what happens? You know, who's your starting five? Who's your crunch time? Like, that's all fine and good. But I think there is a real value in, in getting a good seed and, and having a, you know, quote unquote, easier path uh, with some, you know, minutes spared for LeBron in particular. Now, as, as far as what I'm looking at this, I like to go with the MVP. The collection's MVP for the Lakers definitely put them in the contender spots. Um, and chances are Phoenix probably do a few things, but, and again, I don't think they're going to get close. It's, it's going to be the Lakers this year for the West. And then for the East, you know, I'll go with the Bucks again if they can get their acts um, cleaned up because they lost P.J. Tucker to Miami. So Miami is another exciting team. You're right about KD and New Jersey Net. They got way too many talents there. You got Harden and you have Kyrie Irving. And it's it just figure out how to manage those minutes between those guys so they don't get injured. 
and also the the, the second set, right? You, you you are looking at the teams that are coming into to to co to cover for the the superstars and the main guy. Keep it going. Who has a pretty good bench? Now that's gonna be the outcome of how this gonna run. So far, um, I don't know. Who do you think have the best um, second squad unit? Come, oh well, out. again, that's it's one of the reasons why I, I we didn't I didn't go into it, but the Nets again on the East, right? You you've been adding uh, Patty Mills, right? Which is in the last few days, I believe he just joined. Um, you know, so I think they're they're real strong. Uh, I don't have their roster up in front of me, but uh, again, you know, I think they've got some contributors um, on their second team. Uh, where you know you arguably don't have that right with with the Lakers even or some of these other teams or you know as we saw it with uh, Milwaukee who you just talked about right they have kind of a they have a core set of folks um, and then after that it's it's been pretty you know hit or miss uh, beyond that you know like Bryn so Forbes what, was a what about was a ghost Nuggets right and Chicago Bulls so the Bulls pick up some some really cool superstars Miami been to be some of the best defense that will be in the NBA for this upcoming year. But then you also have the Nuggets with Jamal Murray coming back. And what, what's going on with those two teams, Chicago and Nuggets? Well, uh, from Chicago's perspective, I mean, they're putting a really interesting team together, uh, at least on the offensive side, right? Um, there's some question as to what defensively they're going to look like. Uh, you know, I, I'm not a, a real X's and O's guy, but that's, I think, the the, the consensus that they might struggle a bit there. Uh, and then on the um, the challenge I see potentially with the Nuggets is, um, I mean, I'm pretty sure Jamal Murray, I don't have the timetable for when he's going to get back, but it's, it's going to be a while out, right? Kind of same boat as the Clippers. Like, you know, like, oh, yeah, they'll run it back and... And, uh, you know, Kawhi will be back uh, and, and they'll be fine in the playoffs. But, you know, he's going to be out for uh, a large chunk of the regular season. Uh, same thing with Jamal Murray. So I think it's going to be tough uh, if I had to say kind of between some of those second tier teams like um, the, the, the Denver Nuggets, I think could be uh, a pretty tough, uh, pretty tough road uh, for them, along with uh, the Suns, like you mentioned, I mean, they I think we're pretty fortunate with the way some of the games and, and the series uh, kind of matchups broke for them. Um, and I think the Bulls are going to be interesting, but I think it's a very short list of teams that uh, we're going to see at the end of the day next year. Speaking of which, the second squad, I would have to pick the Clippers, you know, because if they can re-sign some of the players that came back this year and did an amazing job, you know, carried the team when Kawhi's not in the game. Um, I think Clippers, you know, the second squad is quite aggressive and interesting. Um, also, Golden State. Golden State missing two of their main players this year. And not only that, um, Andre is coming back. And uh, they also have a lot of young talents, you know, that can step in. The problem with Golden State is they don't have a big man. I don't know why they keep picking up guards. That's just like, wow, man, what's up with your team? The Golden State, why are they they're not picking up any more big people? Yeah, it'll 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 be. Uh, I, I'm interested to see kind of what they do as well, um, and kind of you know if, and when Clay comes back and if they are going to make a move with some of the assets that they have. Um, obviously, they had a couple good good spots in the draft this year, all things considered. Um, so yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how what they're able to put together for sure. All right. Okay. Well, thanks, and until um, next time, let's do another one soon.
Sounds great. Thanks for having me.